of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. May his grace and his holy blessing be with us now and unto the age of all ages, amen. I greet you, brothers and sisters, on this, the third Sunday of the blessed Coptic month of Bauna. And before we continue the homily, I want to thank each and every one of you for coming early and following all of the guidelines that the diocese has in place uh, for our safety and for the safety of everyone uh, in the church. It's very important that we follow these guidelines very strictly because, as you know, now we have a second wave of coronavirus infections. Uh, and now it seems what they're saying is a lot of people who are younger uh, never have any symptoms, but still, just by coming into contact with someone else, they might transmit the virus. So it's very important that we follow these guidelines very strictly. Uh, and I'd like to ask you, uh, throughout the entire liturgy that you keep your masks on fully. Uh, that means covering your nose and your mouth, because if it's not covering your nose, then there's no point. Uh, so it has to cover your whole face uh, and that you keep your gloves on uh, so that we can make sure that we are doing the safest possible thing, especially today since we have uh, almost a full church in terms of how many people we can have uh, for our liturgies. Uh, in addition, today, not only, is, not only is it the third Sunday of the Blessed Coptic Month of Pauna, but today is also one of the commemorations of the Holy Theotokos St. Mary, which is why we placed her icon here at the front of the church. And also, just yesterday, with God's grace, we received the new icon back in the narthex. Uh, you can't see it here, it's on the other side of that wall. But when you go out, or even before we start the liturgy, if you want to go and light a candle, and ask for her intercession before that new icon. Uh, it came miraculously and was mounted miraculously yesterday uh, on the eve of her commemoration today. Uh, so we ask for her intercessions in our lives and ask that she may continue to intercede for the peace of the world, that God may lift uh, this pandemic from the world and that he may grant us peace uh, and serenity to continue our life in him. The Gospel reading this morning came from Matthew chapter 12, and it related the magnificent account of our Savior Jesus Christ healing a man who was possessed by a demon, blind and mute. And our merciful Savior showing the power of his divinity and his authority over the demons, he healed this man completely. And when the people saw this wonder, they were greatly amazed and began to ask, could this be the son of David? The Pharisees, however, and the leaders of the Jewish people at that time, when they heard of this miracle, they offered their own opinion, their own analysis. They said, this fellow does not cast out demons except by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. And in response to the Pharisees' accusation, our Lord spoke perhaps some of the most frightening words in all of the New Testament. He said, Therefore I say to you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven men. And so these are very fearful words that speak to us about the reality that blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is the sin that can never be forgiven. And many people oftentimes wonder, well, what is this blasphemy? Is it if I say a bad word against the Holy Spirit, that means I'll never be forgiven? 
Let me explain to you what the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit means. Blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is a sin that occurs when a person denies the work of the Holy Spirit in his or her life. In other words, let's say a person does not believe that the Holy Spirit aids us and allows us to confess our sins and receive forgiveness. The person believes that forgiveness is not possible. Well, if a person believes that forgiveness is not possible, then his sin cannot be forgiven because he denies the very thing that makes the forgiveness possible. That's what this verse means. It means a person who completely denies the work of the Holy Spirit, denies the work of God in his life. That is the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. And the reason the sin cannot be forgiven is because the person rejects the very one who can forgive the sin. So there is no forgiveness if we reject the one who grants us the forgiveness of the sin. And this is what our Lord was saying to the Pharisees. Because, of course, when they saw our Lord performing this miracle, they said, our Lord cast out demons by the power of the demons. Well, if that is true, then they don't believe in our Lord's divinity. And if they don't believe in our Lord's divinity, then how can they be forgiven by the Lord through his divinity? That's what the sin means so that hopefully it'll be clear in everyone's mind. But today I want to speak to you. I just added that part about the blasphemy in passing, but I really want to speak to you today about the man in today's gospel. This poor man could not see because he was blind. He couldn't speak because he was mute. And he couldn't even think clearly because a demon possessed his innermost thoughts. And according to some of the early church fathers, the demon's goal in afflicting this man with such a terrible condition was to prevent the man from coming close to God and believing in God. St. John Chrysostomus, for example, teaches us that the demon had obstructed both inlets by which the man could believe, namely his hearing and his sight. And it's important for us to really think about this man today and to understand this warfare because the fathers in their commentary on the healing of this man, they teach us that this man can represent each and every one of us. Even though we might not be physically blind or physically mute, oftentimes the evil one and his demons nonetheless continue in their attempts to prevent us from having true faith in God by attacking us through our senses or saturating our senses with distractions. In the case of the man in today's gospel, the attack took the form of taking away his ability to see, to speak, and to think clearly. But today, the attack still happens to each and every one of us, but it takes a different form. Today, the evil one and his demons overwhelm our senses with a superabundance of material wealth and entertainment and other distractions. It's a completely different way of attack, but the end result is the same. So the man was physically blind. He couldn't see. But a person today 
if they spend their entire life focusing on looking at a screen, watching Netflix, playing video games, using the internet and social media, and that's all they do for hours on end each and every day, well, that person likewise is blind to God. Maybe not physically, but blind through the distractions that have taken away that person's ability to see the work of God in his or her life. Instead of being blind because we physically lost our sight, the evil one has convinced us to make ourselves blind by turning our eyes towards ourselves and our own desires and our entertainment, etc. In Psalm 122, the Holy Prophet King David, he teaches us about the proper use of our eyes. He says, Unto thee have I lifted up my eyes, unto thee that dwells in heaven. Behold, as the eyes of the servants look unto the hands of their masters, and the eyes of the handmaids look unto the hands of their mistresses, of their mistress, so do our eyes look unto the Lord our God until he take pity on us. Think about the beauty of the psalm, speaking about us looking, the faithful look at God just as a servant constantly looks at their master to see what their master wants. This is how we are to look and gaze upon God throughout our lives. And then we ask the question, how many of us can sincerely pray these words with David? How many of us can truly say that our eyes are continually upon the Lord just as the eyes of the servant attentively gaze upon the hand of his master? In our modern life, it is very hard to do this because we live in a culture of self-sufficiency and independence. Instead of looking towards God, we look at ourselves for help, and we look at technology to help us in our lives here, and we look at everything that the world has to offer to achieve our desires, but in the process of doing this, oftentimes we do not look towards God. Instead of being mute because we've physically lost our ability to speak, the evil one has succeeded in convincing us to make ourselves mute by not praying, again because we're so distracted or even just lazy. It may very well be that we are able to utter good words of prayer at home from time to time, uh, words that are so thoughtful and intelligent and thought-provoking, but oftentimes we just get lazy and we don't want to do this. Um, this condition, a uh, person who has this condition of being lazy and not wanting to pray, uh, this is actually something much worse than being physically mute because this person is like a dead man in the eyes of God. St. Pope Carillus, he famously said that any day without prayer is a day that doesn't count. It's as though you can strike that day from your life as though it never happened, irrespective of what other great things might have happened on that day. If you didn't pray, it is as though that day did not happen. 
And when we don't pray, we become like dead men and women in the eyes of God because he doesn't hear us. And we don't have a conversation with him. There is utter silence. And we all know from our relationships, whether at home or with our friends or at work, we all know that relationships require communication. But if there's no communication in a relationship, then that relationship is dead. And it is the same between us and God as well. If we don't speak to Him, then our relationship with Him is dead. And this is what the evil one does. We're not physically mute, but when we don't pray, we become worse than that man who was physically mute. If you read the account of this healing, you will find that this healing is one of only two places in the entire gospel when our Savior sighed. When he encountered the man in today's gospel, we read that our Savior sighed when he saw him. There is only one other place in the entire gospel when our Savior sighed. It was when he came to the tomb of Lazarus, who was dead. When our Savior came to Lazarus' tomb, and saw the dead man in front of him, he sighed. And similarly, when he saw this man today who couldn't speak, who couldn't see, a man who represents us when we don't pray, being like dead men and women, when he saw that man, likewise, he, saw, he sighed. Because when we don't pray, when we don't speak to God, this is like a form of death. We must fight back dear brothers and sisters, against this warfare. We must today take stock of our lives and how we spend our days and how strong our relationship is with God. And we must ask ourselves, has the evil one been successful in getting us to focus on every single thing we can throughout our days except God? Has he been successful? Has he been successful in preventing us from having a life of prayer, a regular life of prayer in which we communicate with our Heavenly Father? We have to ask ourselves these questions, and you know, the answer might be painful. The answer might be, yes, the evil one has succeeded, but it's okay, don't give up hope, even if you find that he has succeeded in your life until now. Don't give up hope, because it's never too late. If he has succeeded until now, well, now is the time to change. And the church is here, and I am here. The commentaries of the fathers are here. The stories of the saints are here. All of these things are here to help us so that if we find the devil has succeeded in making us spiritually blind and spiritually mute, all of these things are here to help us change that state of affairs in our lives so that we can go back to being people who are alive, alive in our relationship with God. And so, brothers and sisters, today, as we meditate on this poor man and how our Lord healed him, let us remember that it is within our Lord's divine power to likewise heal us as well. But we have to be clear and honest with ourselves we have to confront our weaknesses, and then we have to bring our weaknesses to the church, to repentance, to confession, 
so that the Lord will accept them and forgive us and send his divine grace to help us do better in the future. May God help each and every one of us through the intercessions of the Holy Theotoko St. Mary, whose commemoration we joyfully celebrate today, and through the prayers of our lords and fathers, the Holy Apostles, whose fast we offer in their honor, and through the prayers of St. Gregory, the great patron of this holy church, and glory be to God forever. Amen.